Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Jade Holland released the albums Leather and Les Paul, great title, in 2015 and Dream Wild in 2018. She has a fantastic new song called Oh My Heart, which is my new earworm, possibly hers too. Hi, Jade. (laughs) Hi, Sophie. How are we going? I'm very, very well. Um, Just before we started recording, I said I was listening to your song for about the 50th time and I am listening to it ahead of release. So it's not even like I could press replay (laughs) on a streaming service or anything like that, but it is an earworm. And you came, you wrote this earworm with Sinead Burgess. So I'm, I'm wondering how that association came to be. I did. So Sinead and I have actually known each other. I, I'm going to say this out loud and show my age a little bit for 20 years. So, um, yeah, so kindergarten. We, <laughs> no, a little bit later in life. Um, but we have both been on the country music circuit since we, I think we were probably about 11 or 12 maybe. Um, Yeah, and so we've known each other since then and we used to, you know, sing at country music competitions together Mm. and and I actually recall as a kid staying at her parents' house in Beachmere for a number of, you know, festivals and things like that and I was like, we've always kind of played music together. We've written a bunch of songs together. We wrote a bunch of songs together on the Dream Wild album. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know that she kind of got stuck here during COVID and, and we wrote a, a couple of songs over Zoom when you do the Zoom rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think we all kind of went into that realm. And um, and I said to her, I said, hey, are you and you know around your parents' house anytime soon? This was about six months ago. And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be up there in a few weeks. And so I met, met her there and uh, stayed at her parents' house. We had a couple of cheeky drinks drinks and um we just sat down with a guitar and we were just you know just talking smack you know and we were just talking about how unlucky in love I'd been for quite some time until I recently met my fiance um and uh and she had kind of been in a bit of the same kind of boat you know but we met our our partner at the same time and I just think we've always had such a connection and um such a, a friendship where it's like even if we don't talk for a year it, it feels like when you catch up, no time has passed. And we started just kind of playing around and Sinead came up with this guitar riff that I really dig at the beginning. It's like when you hear that, you just go, uh-huh, that song's playing. And uh, she started playing this thing and I said, I've got this line that I've written down a few a few times now and it's what the, uh, this was my words, it's what the young people are saying. <laughs> and I was like, did that just come out of my mouth? What am I, like my dad? <laughs> Oh, the kids these days. <laughs> the kids these days, you know. And uh, and I said, I said, it's you know, the line is "Oh my heart," and she was like, "Oh wow, this is kind of quite relative to, I guess, what we were experiencing or have experienced for the last few years without without you know partners and everything like that." And we just kind of came up with this little ditty, and we weren't really expecting it to do a lot as far mm-hmm. as like we were like oh we'll just write a tune you know let's just we'll just have a jam and we did and this came out and we were like holy crap <laughs> can I say that <laughs> yes <laughs> we're we both adults like, wow. yes there are no children <laughs> <Yeah>. watching this <laughs> oh great great and we just were really shocked by it all you know and we just went well that's a song and it's a great song and we both loved it and and exactly talking about earworms mm-hmm. it was sitting going round in my head the next day and the next day and she I think Sinead messaged me like a week later and was like 
man, we've got to record this song. It's driving me crazy. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we did that. <laughs> well, of course, in recording it means it can become an even more cemented um, earworm. And you recorded it with Sinead. She produced it. I did, yeah. She, do you know what? Sinead did the whole lot. She wow. is an insanely talented person. So um, Sinead produced it, played all the instruments on the song. Um, she also did the photography and the graphic design for the cover. And she has just got this, she's got an ear for sound, like sound, you know, and she is a phenomenal um, talent in her own right as an artist, you know. Um, and so I was, I always knew that I'd love working with, you know, one of my best friends from my childhood, um, let alone her saying, she said to me, I'm actually not bad at photography. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, and she said, oh, here's some demos of what I've done. And I was like, right, let's do this. So she did it all. And she's just like a one man band. <laughs> well, except I suppose now, how are you going to be produced by anyone else? You've had this this experience of, of everything being wrapped up in the one person. Absolutely. You know what? I did say to her, you know, I know she is moving back over to Nashville. So, you know, if she's got enough time while she's here, I said, hey, you know, can we let's sit down and, and do this album? Because I've got mm. I've got big dreams and I've got heaps of songs, you know, during COVID, I just sat there writing my butt off and, uh, and I've got so much I want to get out there and say, and I just thought, well, let's, um, let's do this. You know, maybe we can come up with the album and if she's got time, she'll, you know, hopefully produce the whole lot for me. Cause I just mm-hmm. love what she did with the song. You know, she's just, I think because we know each other on a personal level, she gets me as an artist. Mm-hmm. and uh and you could feel that in the studio yeah it was really really nice yeah there's a real lightness to your vocals and a and a sense of ease I guess in the song and it's always hard to describe these things because it's music and it's impossible to fully describe <laughs> but I think that's part of why it's an earworm it's just this it's so pleasant to listen yeah. to and that makes it sound like a like mildly pejorative not at all it's pleasant and <laughs> it's like oh you know, yeah, it's a great song. There, there is a sense of ease, and you know, and I could feel that in a studio. It's funny. I um, I've worked with a, a whole bunch of people, and I and I love them all equally. But I just found with Sinead, like you know, we could have that laugh, and there wasn't a pressure or anything mm-hmm. there. As well, we were working with Matt Smith, um, Caitlin Shadbolt's partner, and uh, and he's great. Like we all were just you know pretty much laughing the whole time, and um, and it was just really comfortable. It's it's such a vibe with those two in the studio, so I really enjoyed it. I guess also for you working with Sinead producing you, you didn't have to introduce her to your voice or how you work. She knew all of that. So I imagine that you actually could get into the process quite quickly. Yeah, we did actually. And as well, um, so Sinead and I both sang some backing vocals and some um, chorus parts on the song. And so, you know, I think it was just kind of, she she really kind of went, right, I know what parts I really want to dig in deep for and what parts I know you're just going to do with, you know, like that. And so I was I was like, oh, wow, okay, I'm glad you know this. I was I was prepped and ready. I've got my, my you know, my words written down. I've written down all my breaths and stuff like that because there's some sections in there where it's hard to take a breath. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, we're going to do it this way. <laughs> and I was like, okay, then. <laughs> she just yeah. puts me in my place. And, uh, and you know, our ideas we just kind of met each other in the middle. It was, it was a really cool experience. So I'm hoping that we can, you know, get together and do it again. And, and sneakily enough, we, we might actually have um, one extra song 
already pre-recorded okay. coming up soon. <laughs> oh, <that's good. laughs> Just between you and me, so. <laughs> but it's interesting because you said you wrote that song in person and mm-hmm. um, before that you've been doing some Zoom co-writes. So I'm wondering how you found the Zoom co-writing process because I imagine there's a slight, can be slight, a slight time delay and if you're singing and playing, that can be a little tricky. Absolutely. You know what? It was, I mean, it's a cool experience um, in a sense um, because I know we were all experiencing the same thing. So, mm. which is weird to think that, you know, Australia and Nashville or wherever mm. were locked down at the same time. You never, again, will we ever see that? I don't think. Touch wood. Yeah. Touch wood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but it was, it, it was an experience and I didn't mind it. I did feel that um, me personally, I spoke to so many people on Zoom during COVID because. I felt so disconnected from the world. So I was zoom zooming all my friends um, pretty much on a daily basis. And so I it was nice to kind of feel that connection, I guess, even if it wasn't in, you know, in person or having a drink with your friend or something. We were sit, uh, you know, me and my girlfriends were sitting on Zoom with the wine and stuff. So writing it over Zoom was, I guess, my little outlet or my way of connecting mm-hmm. um, with people in the real world, yeah. um, aside from my parents that I was stuck in my house with during lockdown. <laughs> I was like, thanks, I've had enough of you guys. I'm going outside to Zoom my friends. <laughs> well, and it was also a way of staying creative because I would imagine that motivation was hard a lot of the time as it was for, for many people. But, uh, you know, some people found it quite a fertile creative period, but still, I think because every day was the same, it was would have been hard to get that momentum to be creative. Oh, absolutely. I found myself, I, I mean, I did, I think I did what the stereotypical musician did, jumped online, ordered a whole heap of, you know, guitar pedals and things like that that I didn't need, that I knew I was never going to open. I've still got them in the boxes for crying <laughs> out loud, <laughs> you know, and it was hard to find that motivation because I, you know, you, I, fe- I personally fell into a pattern of, well, I'm going to be doing the same thing again tomorrow. So it doesn't matter if I don't get it done today. And I had a goal list. I set myself a giant goal list, which was quite unrealistic, but I felt like I needed something to just keep me going a little bit or, you know, to kick myself in the butt and go, Hey mate, you've got a, you've got work to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I found the songwriting part came easy to me because I was like, oh, I could, oh, I could write about this. Oh, I could write about this. Oh, there's so many ideas that I was having for some unknown reason. Maybe I was watching a lot of rubbish. I'm not sure. (laughs) And I was just having these, these ideas. I was like, yes, that's a great line for a song, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but as well, I think, yeah, I did get kind of bogged down and, um, after a while, it became quite monotonous trying to motivate yourself Mm -hmm. to, to do this to-do list. Um, I am glad I did do probably half of it. Um, I do think it was quite an unrealistic list. You know, I was like, plan your next 10 years and have it down to the, down to the year and down to the (laughs) six months. And I was like, who's going to do that? (laughs) It was a nice idea. (laughs) It was a good thought, you know, Um, but it it was a difficult thing. But, you know, I just, I think I did try to do one thing at the minimum per day to just go, okay, you take one thing off. That'll do. And you did release some other music because you released Summertime, Sunshine and You earlier this year and you also released Do It Right in 2020. And I'm interested in the three songs. Look, let's put those three together because they have a more pop sound than your albums have had. There was some pop, country pop on those albums. Mm-hmm. But they certainly were rockier um, sounding yeah. than these three songs have been. So I'm wondering whether actually the pandemic kind of led you towards that more pop theme because it's a little more upbeat. 
I think it kind of did, to be honest. I think because I was no longer touring the Dream Wild album mm-hmm. um, and I I kind of not left it, I don't think you ever leave an album, but I kind of, you know, walked past it and I was like, well, I know you're still there, you know, we're still going to play your songs and everything like that. But I think I did try to do some growing as an artist while I was in COVID, you know. Like I said, I was talking to anyone and every well, I was talking to everyone. <laughs> um, I was going to say everything. I wasn't talking to the bookshelf, um, but well, I hope not. Um, so, but you know, I was talking to everyone and I think I was kind of listening to a whole array of music. I remember actually talking to Sinead and she said, well, what are you listening to at the moment? And I was throwing some crazy jams at her, you know, I was like, well, this week I listened to the whole, you know, Led Zeppelin greatest hits. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I grew up on that. So I just thought I'd revisit it, you know, and he was my dad and I in the backyard during COVID, during lockdown, just listening, you know, having a rock out, like air guitar rock out to Led Zeppelin and ZZ Top and stuff like that. And we were just having a bit of a jam. And I think um, by jam, I say (laughs) air guitar jam because my dad is not musical at all. I love him to death, but he plays a wicked air guitar. Like you've got to see it. (laughs) And so I think I just did a lot of kind of researching and and, uh, listening to music and seeing, you know, what, what maybe I might be missing because I, you know, I had been touring full time and I do find it hard to be creative when I'm on the road because I'm Mm -hmm. in such of a structure of like, right, got to get to the next venue, set up, sound check, everything, go get glammed up, get on stage, play, get off stage, go back to the venue, go back to your room and then get ready for the next one. You know, it is such a routine that I I do find it hard to be creative when I'm on the road. So I think I just let it all out. (laughs) Yeah. And you were very productive. And so you mentioned listening to Led Zeppelin in your childhood, but then you'd also mentioned being on the country circuit from around the age of 11. So at what point did country music, well, let's start with when did you start playing music? Because if you are if you were on the circuit by 11, clearly you were playing an instrument and singing well before that. Actually, I wasn't. So this, oh. this is, um, my mum is probably the most blunt and brutally honest person I know, which I love. And I think it's a, a really beautiful thing. Um, so as a kid, I was like 11 years old. My mum and dad took me to the, the local RSL in Mariba, I think it was. And my friend Chandel Tassoni was getting up and playing at the open mic night. And I was like, I sat there and she hopped up on stage and she's got a guitar and she sings. I, I, I couldn't even tell you what it was. And I literally looked at her and I went, mum, I want to do that. And my mum straight out without even thinking, she went, I don't think you can sing. And I was like, well, we got to figure it out because I want to do that. And I kept pointing at Chandel and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And mum's like, all right, well, I don't know how we do this. And we lived an hour away from anyone. So we lived in the bush on a little five acres in Coranda. So it was hard because there was no singing teachers around, Mm -hmm. no guitar teachers. So we had uh, like a friend of a friend, she, you know, numbered my fingers, one, two, three, and four. And she drew the chords on a piece of paper for me so I could learn guitar by myself. Um, And I used to practice with the radio. So I taught myself to sing um, and I would just sit there and practice bashing out on the guitar, trying to figure out the chords and trying to listen to it by ear Mm -hmm. and, uh, and pick it up. So that's how I started. And I was, I was 11. So, um, but from there, mum and I, you know, and dad, we kind of went, well, where am I going to sing if I'm, you know, learning to sing? How am I, where do you sing? 
and it's not quite the done thing still to go into a pub as an 11 year old and rock out True. on stage um so mum and dad were like well we're not we're not taking you to the pub to play <laughs> so I played at open mic nights um right. And also then I, I started on the country music circuit. So all the talent quests across Queensland and New South Wales and, and things like that, heading down to Tamworth. Um, so we did that basically. I think my parents put 250,000 kilometres on a brand new wow. car in four years. Okay. Yeah. And that was just driving from Coranda all the way down to Tamworth and out west to Isa and Longreach and then heading back up and all of the festivals in between. You name it, we did it. And that's how I kind of got started on the road, I guess. <laughs> so given that you'd pointed at your friend and said, I want to do that, once you actually were doing it, was it as good as you imagined? Yeah. Oh, I kid you not. When the first time I hopped on stage um, at that open mic night was about three weeks after I saw Shandell do it. And I was like, yes, that's going to be me. And I, I'm not kidding when I say this, Sophie. I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrible. I was so nervous. I think my parents were so nervous. Like mum's like, okay, well, well, you know, your hair's done and you, and you look all right. And you know, you just, you go up there and sing. And my parents are not musical at all. Like the most musical person in my family is my nan. Um, and she's got, she can, I think it's, she can hear perfect pitch. Um, and she was asked to teach that at the conservatorium of music, like 40 something years ago. And it's not something you can teach. So she couldn't quite, you know, she was like, well, I don't, she didn't, doesn't sing, but she can hear. So when I was a kid, she used to sit down with the guitar on her lap and she would sit there and pick out, you know, all the notes for for the song I'd be singing. And and just because she can hear it, you know, or she'd say, oh, that note's not quite right. You've got to go up a little bit. And then she'd be like, bam, that's the note. Um, So I jumped on stage at 11 I'm, I'm, I'm walking up to the stage. I had a guitar. I was playing it terribly. So they actually said, Oh, how about we just, you know, we'll take the guitar off you. So they took my guitar down and put it on a, uh, on a stand. And then I was holding the microphone up. I was so nervous. I almost chipped my front tooth. So they put it in the stand for me and I was like, Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I was crying. It was terrible. I was just, and I'm singing, I was singing The Captain Terribly by Casey Chambers. Oh. It was horrendous. And I pray she never, ever sees that recording because I'm pretty sure I've burnt all the copies by now. But I hopped off stage and I walked up to mum and dad who were just in disbelief at how terrible I really was. And, uh, and I walked up to them and I said, oh, my God, I want to do that again. And they were like, well, we're going to need to practice. <laughs> And I've got to say, the captain is quite a serious song for an eleven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, that was my first ever country album as well because right. I wasn't raised on country. So when I said I'm going to sing country music, mum and dad were like, "Well, what's that?" <laughs> I said, "Well, we better figure it out." I'm not too sure myself. <laughs> it's like you had a sense of destiny. It's like that's, that's yeah. the path for me. Yeah, that was it. It was just like something something told me you're going to sing country music. And uh, by the way, you might suck now, but you, you're going to be all right later on. <laughs> More than all right, in fact. And now you mentioned driving around Queensland when you were a child, but you've also done quite a bit of touring around Queensland as an adult. In fact, you're about to do some more because um, yeah. you've got some dates announced. So um, how many dates have you got coming up? Look, 
at the moment, I think we've announced about 12 or 13 dates, but it, we're just going to, we instead of um, changing the tour every time we put out a new song, I said to my manager, I said, do you know what? I love Oh My Heart so much. I just want to tour Oh My Heart next year. Um, we will be releasing um, singles in between that as well, um, but we're not going to change the name of the tour. It's going to be the Oh My Heart tour for the whole year. Um, so currently we've got 12 dates out starting this Saturday at um, the Exchange Hotel in Kilcoy and then Sunday with one of my idols, Wendy Matthews, at the Gem Hotel, um, which I am I'm going to keep it together and I will cry quietly backstage with joy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm really excited to be hitting the road and to be promoting, like, a new single and everything like that. It's, you know, I know I only did it probably, like, eight, nine months ago, but I just love it, you know, and I just love getting out there and playing new tunes for people. And uh, and I've even, you know, thrown in a few songs that I wrote during COVID that no one's heard before just because I think I think people need to hear them and then they can gauge and tell me what they think and if maybe it needs to be recorded and I can they can let me know. Well, and also you did mention that perhaps those songs might be recorded with Sinead, so it is a good way to road test them before you get into the studio. 100%. <laughs> and then I know people's honest feedback. <laughs> yeah. Um, so will that road tripping take you to Tamworth in January? Unfortunately not. No, we already had some offers for, um, so I think we've got a show booked in Caboolture. So unfortunately I'm going to miss out on Tamworth this year, but I said to my management team, do not book anything for January 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't miss it again. I, I, I've been... 14 years in a row uh, from when I was a kid and I've probably missed maybe the last two or three years. Well, I I think we all missed a a few of them. Um, So I don't feel so out of whack, but I have missed a few, which is really devastating. So I need to get back there. And one other thing I wanted to ask you about is that when you released the song Do It Right in 2020, it was uh, associated with, as far as I know, you being an ambassador for the Mental Awareness Foundation. So how did that come about? Yeah, so it was, um, that was the first song I released with the Mental Awareness Foundation. Um, And they asked me at the beginning of 2020, uh, I think it was just prior to COVID happening, and so they had asked me if I wanted to come on board with them and be an ambassador. And, and I, I truly believe, you know, in mental wellness and, uh, and, and trying to help people, you know, talk about it or even just to ask somebody how their day is going or if they're okay. You know, I'm a big advocate for mental health. Um, so I immediately said yes, which I'm really blessed they asked me because I've now uh, been on board with them for three or almost three years and coming back next year, which is incredibly Uh, It's a huge honour because, you know, I didn't think that they would, not that I didn't think they would ask me back, but I thought that they would, you know, um, want somebody, somebody else in the hot seat, I guess, so to speak. So uh, to be asked back three years in a row is really um, amazing. And with the Do It Right single, you know, I was already putting out that song and they wanted to support it. Um, And so that was, I mean, that was a whirlwind journey because we got to do that tour as well, the the Resilience Tour, the first one. Um, And then from that, uh, they said, well, how about, you know, are you, are you releasing anything else that, that might tie into, you know, mental health? And I said, well, actually I've written a song for you guys. I don't know if you'll like it or not, but you know, I played it for them. I played, um, fight for it. And I wrote that with Bryce Sainty and Sinead as well. And, um, they loved it. They, uh, they just absolutely fell to pieces. And for me, I think, 
it was a big step writing a song for uh, a, a mental health organization because I didn't I didn't want to do it an injustice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it needs a level of uh, a huge level of respect there to to make sure it's it's correct and uh, and not portraying anything in the wrong light or the wrong way. So um, it took us a, a few hours to really dig deep. But the beautiful thing is that. I think being musicians and at the time that we were writing Fight For It, we were all going through our own mental health struggle with COVID. Mm -hmm. So it kind of took on, uh, I I guess, a a deeper level or a deeper role um, for us, for each of us, because we were all kind of dealing with this, you know, will we ever get back out on the road? Will we ever go and tour again? Will we ever record music in a studio again? Who knows? Um, so, uh, yeah, being an ambassador for the Mental Awareness Foundation has just been, it's been life-changing, you know, and to have, you know, people come up to me now after releasing both of those songs and them saying to me, you know, your music has changed my life is just, you know, I still pinch myself. That's an incredible thing. I get goosebumps um, every time I talk about it because it just blows my mind that that um, I can help somebody or or inspire somebody. So. Yeah. And uh, I, I meant to say fight for it because I had my oh, that's okay. down wrongly, but there you go. It turned out that both both do it right. They both were, yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> so I was, as soon as I asked the question, I thought, oh, no, I've got the, no, the wrong no, song. No, no. They, they both were. They both they were both supported by them. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just really blessed that, you know, that they love my music. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am sure many people will love your new song once it's out because by the time this interview is up, it will be, you'll be on the road. People can go to your website. I'm looking forward to perhaps that secret song you also recorded with today (laughs) coming out. And Jade, it was a great pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Sophie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.